Hello and welcome to the Travel Agent Interview Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged to have Stephanie Scott with me today. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you, Megan. Great to be here. Yeah, Stephanie, you are a specialist in bike and barge tours and specifically throughout Europe. I am. Love them. <laughs> awesome. Let's talk about gadgets and technology items that we've talked about that help you specifically while you're planning and while you're in country. The first we talked about is XE Currency. Are you using this as a website or on-site and what are you doing with it? I'm using the app on my phone and I typically will use it when I am shopping for souvenirs uh, mm-hmm. so that I know what things are going to cost when the credit card bill shows up when I get home. Sure. Uh, but it's a nice way to just stay in check if you're somewhere where the you're not that familiar with the currency. That's great. Yeah, I anticipate using this in Europe this summer, as I know you will be too. Yes, I will. I'll be there in a few weeks. All right. We'll talk about those trips pretty soon. The next one we are going to talk about is simply Google Translate. Yeah, that is a great app, especially if you're traveling somewhere where English is not widely spoken. Mm -hmm. Now, in Europe, it's not as much of a problem. Everybody speaks English. But I've been to other parts of the world, like South America and China, where it wasn't. And there's a really great function in Google Translate where you can actually just point something at text. It might be road signs or restaurant menus, and it'll translate directly onto your phone. Again, that's a, a phone app. And uh, listen, I wish I was around in uh, 2004 when I went to Paris for the first time hmm. uh, or in 2007 when I went to China, um, but I'm, I'm happy to put it to use now and I, and I always recommend it for my clients. Yeah, that's just incredible. When you were talking about the point, I didn't realize you meant it would take a picture and read it. That's incredible. Yeah, you just have to make sure you're – it's kind of funny because you can actually see it translating certain words as you move your phone around. So you have to try to keep your phone still. That's the only oh. the, the only caveat. <laughs> so don't do it while you're on your bike. Park your bike. Uh, no, not, probably not a good idea. Stop your bike and then point. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. The last piece of technology, which is also an app that you use, is called Rides with GPS. Tell us a little bit about that guy. Yeah, you know, I do bicycle tours in Europe, and sometimes I want to put a special uh, day trip together that might not be part of a standard itinerary. Uh, For instance, last year I took a group to Belgium, and I wanted to do a bicycle tour of the World War I sites in Flanders Fields. And so I was able to, with that app, design a 25-mile bike ride that hit about seven or eight key sites in that region of Belgium. And it just was, what was neat was that I was sitting here in California creating this route and I was able to email it to my tour guide over in the Netherlands. And Mm -hmm. she was able to make some changes because she understood the region and you know, she took us on some quieter roads than the app was putting us on. But it was great because then then you can also uh, download those routes to your phone and then you get turn-by-turn instructions when you're riding. So, so you never have to look at your phone. Okay, let me ask you this then. How are you holding your phone when you ride? Do you have it like attached to your bike somehow or are you having a Bluetooth in your ear? What's your – how do you do that for you? Uh, you can – Attach it to your bike, uh, but if you're on rocky roads yep. and, you know, in Belgium, they're quite fond of their cobblestones. Yep. Um, I typically will put it in my, either a bag on my handlebars. Yep. 
that you can actually see uh, the app and it'll show you the route uh, and you can also hear it um, or I'll just stick it in my jersey pocket because okay. you'll get instructions that'll say, okay, and you know, 500 meters, uh, make a right turn. So okay. pretty easy to use. Okay, good. All right, Stephanie, let's talk more about you specifically. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the travel industry? Well, it was a rather circuitous past. Um, I've always loved to travel, and really from a very young age, I enjoyed planning travel. Mm-hmm. And I credit my mother with instilling that in me. And uh, she'd call me her little navigator <laughs> because I started reading maps when I was about 10 years old. And she put me in charge of getting us from New Jersey to Nova Scotia, where her family was. And we did that nearly every summer until I was in high school. So from about the time I was 10 until, you know, uh, we stopped doing those uh, road trips, uh, I was the one in charge of reading the maps and the road Mm. signs. Um, I started planning my own vacations as soon as I got out of college. And I've been working in sales and marketing in the specialty food and wine industries since then. And I've been a business traveler for the last 25 years. So I've done a lot of travel planning in my day jobs in marketing and sales and a lot of event planning. My marketing yep. specialty is event marketing. And so I've done wine tastings and golf tournaments and incentive trips. And a few years ago, I thought it would be cool to become a certified tour director because I, I thought it'd be neat to get paid to travel. And sure. you know, bring, leading people around on their vacation sounded really fun. But it was difficult to break into the field because I had a full-time job with a nice salary and mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested in giving that up. And I wasn't in a position to accept a trip on a few days' notice, and that's really what you have to do in order to kind of get a start in that field. And one day I was kind of sharing uh, my dilemma with a friend who who had traveled with me to Peru a number of years before, and she was the one who put the idea in my head to start my own travel company, a tour business, because as, as she put it, I had all the experience and the planning skills anyone would need to put together memorable vacations and she'd experienced one firsthand that I had planned. So I founded my own tour company, Stephanie Ventures LLC, and uh, my friend Amy and her sister turned out to be my first uh, clients on the first bike and barge tour that I led a few years ago. Now, I still have that awesome marketing day job, but as retirement age uh, looms, um, I think it'd be great to transition into the travel business you know, when the time is right. And uh, being a travel agent sounded like a great fit for me. Uh, I could do it part-time as much or as little as I can find the time for. And it also helps me uh, provide more of a one-stop shop for my tour guests. They need other types of transportation. They need ground transportation and flights and hotels and, and all that. And now I'm able to provide all that for them. Excellent. Excellent. So we've talked about you doing bike and barge tours. Can you can you kind of give me a little bit of a, what a day might look like in a bike and barge tour? Are people bringing their own bikes? Are they running bikes? How do you get the bikes on the barges? Can you just, are you sleeping on the barges? Are you sleeping in hotels? Can you just tell us a little bit about what a day in the life of a bike and barge tour might look like? Oh, sure I can. I think bike and barge tours are a great way to travel. Uh, One, because you only have to unpack once, Mm -hmm. and just like a cruise, uh, your sightseeing and your meals are typically included, as is your lodging. You do sleep on the barge, and you get plenty of exercise to work off all the calories that you eat. I never gain weight when I'm on bike and barge tours, even though the food is fabulous. I got into it really because 
because I had this full-time job and I thought, wow, planning the logistics of planning a, a bicycle tour where you are in a different hotel every single night is a, a is an awful lot of work. And the chartering a barge takes a little bit of that complexity out. So because I also work full-time, this seemed like a really good kind of meet in the middle for me. And I had done a number of uh, self-guided bike tours in Europe where I would show up at a hotel, there would be a bicycle waiting for me. And mm -hmm. every day I would have to pack and unpack my luggage and someone would come and move it to the next hotel. Hmm. And that's a nice way to travel too. Uh, but I, I just – you can't beat uh, the, the comfort of a, a bike and barge tour. Um, you know, if you get up one day and you don't feel like riding your bike or if it's raining sideways, which has happened on some of my tours, <laughs> you could stay on the barge and travel with the barge while everybody else is out on their bikes. And then you get to the next city that we will dock in a few hours earlier than the cyclists and you can go off and sightsee uh, in the town. So it's a nice option. People can either ride or, or not to ride. Uh, the bicycles usually come on the uh, – they come with the, the barge charter, so you don't have to worry about your bicycles. Mm -hmm. If something goes wrong with your bike during the day, the tour guides are all qualified to, uh, as mechanics, and they can fix you know a, a flat tire or you know a drop chain or anything else you might you – know, you, any other problem you might come across on a, mm -hmm. on a day's ride. And you usually will leave the – barge at nine in the morning after we've had breakfast. Mm -hmm. We pack a lunch that we stop and eat along the way. And then we take a fairly leisurely pace and we'll stop and sightsee. We'll stop and, you know, coffee, beer, pastries, museums, whatever. <laughs> this is the <laughs> so best bike trip ever. <laughs> yeah. And we only uh, ride 20 or 30 miles a day. And some people will hear that and go, gosh, that's not a lot, but it will take most of the day because we stop a lot. We take pictures, you know, all that. <laughs> it really does sound pretty great. Tell me about um, the accommodations because this is not like a Viking river cruise. This is a barge, but tell us about sleeping quarters and what the barges are like. Well, the barges are actually quite cozy. That's a great word to use. I only charter barges that are considered comfort plus class and mm -hmm. comfort plus class basically means that you have a private bathroom in your cabin, your cabin is air-conditioned, and you can control the temperature in your room. Mm -hmm. And now I have been on barges that are not so equipped, and uh, I, had, I was killing mosquitoes the size oh, of no. hummingbirds on a, on a barge I went on last summer as research oh. uh, for, the, for the trip that I was running this summer. So you really do want all those comforts. I wouldn't take North Americans to Europe and not provide them with air conditioning. When we were in Belgium last year, it, the, the temperature in the summertime, it's usually between 60 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. It was 90 the day we rode our bikes into Am oh. uh, Antwerp. So... <laughs> You know, you just never know how, how hot or cold it's going to be. So it's always good to be uh, safe and sorry. Sure. And the meals are usually a hot, hot item for breakfast, plus a very wide range of, uh, you know, sandwich meats and lovely fresh baked breads, uh, yogurt, dried fruit, cereal, uh, coffee on demand, big cappuccino makers you just hit a button and you have a beautiful latte waiting for you at any time of day or night um let's see what else is there uh dinner is a three-course meal so nice uh you, you get a nice uh appetizer yeah lovely entree with 
veggies, fresh veggies, regional cuisine, and a lovely dessert. Oh, man, this is way better than what I'm picturing, like the horrible Girl Scout outings that I had to do as a kid. This oh, is, no, no. This they is really, amazing. Yeah, I think the word barge tends to have a negative connotation, but it really is more, I wish they would start using the term houseboat or house hotel or hotel boat or something a little bit more romantic than barge. Yeah, because. <laughs> because yeah, people are like barge, geez, that, that it's, they kind of think that it's going to be like an oil tanker or something like that. That's exactly really what I picture. <laughs> no, and most of these uh, barge captains also own the ships that I use and they oh, have nice. lovingly restored these and they are absolutely stunning. There's photographs on my website of the barges that I use so that people really understand that it is not, by any means, it is not roughing it. (laughs) Okay, great. And we will have links to everything that we talked about from the apps to Stephanie's website and those pictures where you can see that firsthand. All right, Stephanie, let's talk about a success story, a funny story, or a situation that didn't go quite perfectly, but that you were able to turn around and make wonderful for your clients. Well, without a doubt, I'd have to say that a chance meeting at a bicycle event a few years ago led to my greatest success story to date. Mm -hmm. In, I think it was 2015, I met a couple who belonged to a bike club in Sacramento, and they became my biggest champions in that organization. Uh, They said to me that day that I just had to put a trip together for the club that there was a lot of demand for an overseas bike tour, but nobody wanted to take it on. They eventually arranged for me to be a guest speaker at a uh, club meeting. A few months later, I had 45 minutes to present a tour to the Netherlands and it Mm -hmm. sold out in four days. Wow. And that was the first tour I ever sold out. And there is a, there is still a waiting list. This we're leaving on this trip in five weeks, four weeks, and there's still a waiting list. And as it turned out, that was the first tour I ever sold out. And, you know, we're going to Holland this summer and I've already been able to present a second trip to the club, uh, to Italy in 2018. Uh And that one sold out in three days. Holy cow. And I have 10 people on the waiting list. And these trips only, you know, these barges only sleep between like 20 and 35 passengers. So now I'm looking for bigger ships that are more like river ships uh, because there are many more people who want to travel with me than I can fit into a canal barge. It's a, it's a, a good problem to have, I suppose. I hate yes. turning people away, but yep. it's nice to have that. So I would say that that was probably my, that was really a turning point for me. You know, I think anybody who ever starts their own business is like, am I crazy? You, you have these moments of, of self-doubt and then you, you have something like this happen and you think, Yes. Wow, or you take yep. a group over there and you can see the the joy on their faces that they're enjoying themselves and they're going to go home feeling refreshed and that this is a, you know, a life-changing experience for them and then it makes it all worthwhile and you're like, "Okay, yes, I I'm I'm definitely cut out for this type of work." <laughs> yeah, that is one of the most rewarding parts for me too is when my clients send me pictures from their trip or while they're on their trip, they send pictures of their kids smiling in the sand or whatever it is. So I'm glad that you've had that affirmation and you know, you're on the right path for your business. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about you have, we know you have two trips coming up that are both sold out. What about, do you have any trips that are open for our listeners or do you have anything you're considering? Yes, I actually the two tours that I'm running this summer, one of them is sold out. That's the mm-hmm. one to the Netherlands and that was a private 
group. Uh, the other tour that is the following week is the one I'm running in France along the Seine. It mm-hmm. starts in Montargis and it ends in Paris mm-hmm. uh, the day before the last stage of the Tour de France. And that one, I still have a couple of cabins available. Okay. Uh, so that uh, that's on my that itinerary is on my website. But it, we will go through kind of uh, along the Seine, but we'll say, see places like the Chateau Fontainebleau. We'll see um, Melon, which is a city known for its uh, fabulous brie cheese, mm-hmm. which you can't get here because it's a raw milk cheese they can't export. Um, and uh, we'll we'll just uh, a little bit hillier than um, you know the tours that I've run in the past, uh, so a little bit more challenging. We kind of like to call it a moderate. Uh, mm-hmm. tour. There are electric bikes if people want them. There is an electric couple of electric bikes available, but uh, it'll be a, a lot of fun. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So if anybody has a desire to go see the French countryside, what I like about this itinerary is that the landscape is quite varied. Uh, you are on um, bicycle paths in in the small cities. You're also riding through these beautiful meadows and in the forests on hard packed sand. And mm-hmm. you have the right type of bike to really uh, traverse all of that type of terrain. Big fat tires that don't get flat. <laughs> all right. I'm going to send somebody your way. Mark Worth, I'm putting you in touch with Stephanie. <laughs> come on, Mark. You know you want to come with us. It's oh, going to he be does. Fun. He does. As soon as he hears us, if he's available, I bet he's going to be there. All right. I all got right. a friends and family discount for Mark <laughs> because, <laughs> because he knows you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, let's talk about, I know we just talked about the fantastic cheese, which I would love to eat myself. But I won't be able to. But can you tell us about your best or most memorable meal? Either it can be domestic or it can be in your travels, um, whatever you like. Well, I think as far as the tours go, the big surprise to a lot of people is just how wonderful the food is. And you're talking about, uh, you know, one chef on the ship who is preparing for 22 guests and in a kitchen that's the size of a pop-up tent. So the man is a genius. And so everybody kind of enjoys, everyone enjoys the meals and raves about them. But one in particular that comes to mind is uh, when I ran my first tour in the Netherlands a couple of years ago, I hosted a Thanksgiving dinner in July. (laughs) And And the reason for that was that the barge was moored in the city of Leiden. And if you're not familiar with that charming little town in the Netherlands, it was where the pilgrims who eventually set sail on the Mayflower sought refuge from the King of England. And uh, I worked with the chef of the ship to create from, from, you know, a few thousand miles away, an authentic Thanksgiving dinner with all the trimmings. And it was just a delicious way to kind of tie the whole uh, journey uh, together. And it was the last thing my guests were expecting. Like they, no one ever knew what we were eating until we sat down to dinner. So it's seeing the delight on their faces was really priceless. And I showed up in a pilgrim costume <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, I don't know how much butter he used in that uh, crust, but he made the best apple pie with cinnamon ice cream I have ever had. Oh, and yeah. I cannot wait for him to do that again when I'm back on the ship in July. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So how did he do? Did he get our Americanisms other than improving on our pies? 
He did, actually. He did. You know, he got the green beans with the crispy, you know, the crispy onions. Yeah. Um, he he found he, when I first got on the ship, he pulled me aside and brought me downstairs to the kitchen. He showed me his little jar of cranberry sauce that he had found. <laughs> That's I mean, these ask. are things that are not readily available in the Netherlands. So um, yeah. it, I was I was quite impressed. He found turkey. He didn't make a whole turkey because, you know. That would have taken him three days to cook it in yeah, his little oven, oven in the in the ship. But he did make turkey breast, and we had delicious sweet potatoes and, and mashed potatoes. Uh, I think he got it all. Bread, awesome. fabulous. Yeah, I was wondering if he was going to make fun of our cranberry sauce because that's I think that's a purely American thing right there. Well, you know, there is always that debate when you get it out of the can. Is it the whole berry or the gel? Yep. You know, the jelly. And everyone has very strong opinions about <laughs> that. So, And I even said to him, look, I'll bring this stuff with me if you need me to. <laughs> but And I decided to give him a break and say, I know apples are easier to find than canned pumpkin. So yeah. you go ahead and make apple pie. I think everybody can, you know. It sounds like that was the right with choice. Apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. Is there anything that we've left off or that you want to mention in addition? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, one of the things I'd love people to know is if you've ever, ever thought about an active vacation, that bike and barge tours are a great introduction to that. Like I said, you don't have to ride every day. In fact, I do have guests who are bringing spouses who don't ride, and there's there's a program for them too. So don't, don't let a, a non-riding spouse or significant other uh, keep you from pursuing a uh, fabulous trip in Europe yeah, on a bicycle. I, I think it sounds like a great option, especially because you – you get to take the time as you ride past all these beautiful places to really take it in. So it does sound like a good option. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. And if you guys want to get in touch with Stephanie, you can go to the travelagentinterview.com, go into our guest section, and you'll be able to find Stephanie's profile where you can read more about her and get to her website. In addition, in the show notes, you'll be able to see all of the links to all of the pieces of technology we've talked about and also to Stephanie's website. Thank you so much. This is Megan Chapa saying good night. Good night.